Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. As we dig into this tonight, I'm going to tell you that when I first studied this, which was two weeks ago, I saw something in this text that I've never seen before. We're going to be in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 5. But I saw something. It was like an aha moment for me. I thought, I've read this so many times and I've actually never seen this before. So I want to just kind of roll out for you how it was rolled out to me. But before we do that, because we're going to talk about distraction and devotion, I'm going to give you the definition of those two words. It's not on your outline, but I just want you to listen for just a moment to devotion. So here's the definition of the word devotion. Love, loyalty, enthusiasm for a person, a cause, or an activity. That's devotion. Devotion is a love or a loyalty and enthusiasm for a person, a cause, or an activity. Distraction. Distraction is a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. That's distraction. A thing. Do you have a thing? Was there a thing today? A thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to someone or something else. I think this time of the year especially, there is a battle between the distractions of life and the devotion that we want to have for the Lord. And we're going to look at a story today. And I think anytime you read a story, you connect with the characters, right? That's really what, what brings alive a story, whether we're reading in a book or watching a movie or something. What brings the story alive is the connection that we have with the characters. So the characters that we're going to connect with tonight are Jesus himself, with Jairus, who was a synagogue leader, and with a woman who was subject to bleeding for 12 years, and then all of the things that happened, all of the nuances that happened in and among that story. So um, keep that in mind. And I, I would say probably the challenge between our devotion to God and the distractions, the chief among those challenges is the busyness that we face. The busyness in life. How I can't tell you there is not a day that goes by in my life. And I say the same thing. I catch myself often saying when people ask me how I'm doing, I'm busy. Do you ever say that? Do you just say, I'm busy? It seems like it was a busy day or it was a busy week or I'm busy. And I think, I think what will help us to distinguish whether or not we are slipping into being distracted or, or moving more towards being devoted is really evaluating our busyness in life. And let me throw this out to you. There is a good busyness and there is a not so good busyness. And we're going to see it in this story. So the challenge is not just, first of all, to identify busyness. Because all of us are busy. All of us are busy and no matter how smart our phone is, no matter how quick our internet is, it has not given us the ability to slow down. Matter of fact, if anything, it's caused more of a high pace in our lives. I, I saw something the other day that just, it, it stopped me in my tracks and I watched the whole seven-minute video. Somebody sent me this video of this uh, group of people in the mall, and I don't know where the mall was, but this group of about seven or nine people in the mall, and it's this time of year, so I don't know if it was 2015 or if it's actually 2016, but the, this group of seven or nine people positioned in different places in this mall, and they were mic'd up, but nobody else in the, 
in the mall knew that. And the, the traffic is just like you see here at Flatirons right now. You can't even find a parking spot at Flatirons. So the first two people stand up and they start singing a Christmas song. And they're standing up in the busyness and people are going, going, going. And they're singing. Sounds beautiful. They're singing and, and they're, they're panning the audience with the camera. And you see people slowing down a little bit. And then about two or three minutes later, two or three people stand up a little bit further and start adding to the song. And before you know it, there's seven or nine people strategically placed all around this mall singing. And they're going from one song to the next. And you can see it on the video. You can see the pace of people before the video started and then all of a sudden the pace of people completely slowing down to the place where they stopped. They literally stopped. And at first they were just stopped and listening. It was three-story building. You could see them looking over at the people down there singing and they kept panning the audience. I'm thinking, what is the percentage of people in there that are followers of Christ? I don't know. Is it 1%? Is it 5%? Is it 10%? By the time that seven-minute video was over, I would say 80 or 90% of the people that they panned in that audience, Christian or non-Christian, were stopping and singing Christmas songs. They, they just completely stopped all of their shopping, and all of a sudden, the distractions of hitting three stores or four stores in an hour, whatever the goal was, stopped because of a reminder of a devotion 2,000 years ago. Maybe they sang a Christmas song when they were two. Maybe they didn't know Christ. But when, when we come to this time of the year, we're, we are reminded as followers of Christ that we are devoted to the king that was born. Really. Isn't that true? We were devoted to the, and we are devoted to the king that was born. But we have to identify that we are not going to get less busy in life. What we have to distinguish is the difference between the right kind of busyness and the wrong kind of busyness. And I saw it in this story. And so I want to just read through some of, this, uh, some of these notes at the top of your outline. Then we're going to dive into Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 23. So synonyms for the word busy include occupied, crowded, demanding, hectic, and tiring. All pretty negative words. Would you agree? Occupied, crowded, demanding, hectic, and tiring. Pretty negative words. When someone is asked to describe a piece of art and they say it looks busy, that means there's a lot going on, right? There just seems to be a lot going on in that. Would you say that these are accurate descriptions of how you are doing right now? Are you busy? Just to yourself, are you busy? Are you constantly bogged down and busy? Or are things constantly hectic? And then three questions here. And I think it's important to answer these questions because oftentimes our identity is found in what we do. Right? Our identity is found in what we do. And, and sometimes it just seems that the busier we are, the more successful we must be and the more productive we must be. And so these are some thought-provoking questions as the first one is that I didn't read at the top of your outline that you can fill in later. What are your worth and your identity connected to? That's going to be an important question to answer many times in our life, not just once. But if our worth and our identity is connected to how busy we are, then we are likely going to be leaning more towards being distracted than being devoted. So these three questions, if I wasn't busy, would I still feel fulfilled? If I wasn't busy, would I still feel fulfilled? Would I still feel like I'm doing a good job? If I was not busy... Would I still feel like I'm doing a good job? Would I still feel loved by God 
if the busyness was taking away, taken away. Would I still feel loved by God? So my day started this morning at about, what time? I'd have to look at my phone for sure, but I'm pretty sure it was about, well, I'll tell you so I don't tell you a fib. Is that okay? Say, go ahead and look at your phone. I have a, I have a Fitbit, and uh, it just tells me all these fascinating things like what time I got up and what time I fell asleep and all that kind of stuff. So uh, my day today started at uh, 3.30. So 3.30, I got up and just started working on things. That's a good time for me to start working on things and quietness of my house and study and those kinds of things happens usually early in the morning. So 3.30, and it was busy, 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 until about 2.30. Then 2.30, uh, a, a man that goes to Car Street, Steve and I, drove to visit a man who is 92 years old. Uh, Mom texts me this week and said, could you come see my father? He's probably not going to be alive long. And so I, I'm going breakneck speed until 2.30, and then I walk in, and he's sound asleep in the chair. Sound asleep. He's on pain meds and they're just trying to help him transition. He's 92 years old. We sit down and we try to wake him up and, he's not, and he wakes up after a little bit and we start talking with him. We start praying and he falls asleep. And we wait and he wakes back up and I thought, I thought, this is what's important. This is what is important today. And, and I just, that, so I went from this busy, 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 negative busy, 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 to an important busy, and we're going to look at that in just a minute. So this thing called busy is really important for us to understand because trying to eliminate busyness is really not necessarily the right thing to do. Trying to eliminate the wrong kind of busyness is the right thing to do. So let me read this story to you, and let me just put it in the context. So we get up to Mark chapter 5, and Jesus has been pretty busy. Uh, he's raised up some disciples, he's healed some people, he's driven out demons and he's uh, healed lepers and he's just going, 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 going. How many of you wonder if Jesus was ever tired? Have you ever wondered, did Jesus ever get tired? Who was, who's ever wondered that? I've wondered, does Jesus ever get tired? If you read previous to this scripture that we're going to read right now, how tired, ask me how tired Jesus got. He got so tired that his disciples and he got in a boat to go across the lake in a storm and he fell asleep. He fell asleep in the boat and they were so terrified that they, they're thinking, well, how can he be sleeping? How can Jesus be sleeping? We're in the middle of the storm. They had to wake him up. He didn't even wake up. The storm did not wake Jesus up. I think Jesus was probably tired. I think he got tired doing ministry. I think we get tired doing ministry. So I read this story last week, and this story troubled me in some ways, and here's why it troubled me. I missed so much in this story. So let me start in Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Jesus has just gotten across the lake, and he gets up, and he starts walking, and as soon as he starts walking, the crowds start coming around him. Jesus got into the boat again, went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading. Now, I want you to imagine this. Here's what the Bible says. This is a, this is a church leader. 
This is a worker in the church. This is a man that loves God. A leader in the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. He fell at Jesus' feet pleading fervently with him. So this guy is desperate. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. So we've got this guy, the church worker, devoted his life to the Lord, devoted his life to synagogue work, and, and his daughter is dying. And he comes to Jesus, says, Jesus, please, would you come heal my daughter? Yeah, I'll come heal your daughter. But on the way, Jesus gets busy. He does. He gets busy. Jesus is going to get busy. He's going to get busy doing ministry. And when I read this and I saw this, it was something I hadn't seen before. And it caused me to stop and, and really consider the difference between the right kind of busy and the wrong kind of busy. So let me give you point number one. And then let me just kind of dive in and unpack this story for you the way the Lord showed it to me. How many of you would agree, first of all, that, that Jairus was a devoted man? He was a synagogue worker. He was a synagogue leader, so he was a devoted man. So point number one, and write this down for me. Beware. Say beware. Opportunities often come concealed by inconvenience. Opportunities often come concealed by inconvenience. Did you get inconvenienced today? I did. I got inconvenienced a couple times today. But, but there are times that opportunities are going to come our way and we're going to get inconvenienced on the way. That's exactly what happened to Jairus and Jesus in this story. Jairus, the synagogue leader, comes to Jesus. Jesus, my daughter is dying. Would you please come? I know if you'll come, she will be okay. Yeah, I'm going to come. And I want you to just imagine what that's like. They're on their way, and all of a sudden, there's this gigantic inconvenience. There's another issue that comes up. And Jesus gets busy dealing with another situation and another issue. I've thought about this often in the ministry and in the life of Jesus. Jesus refused to be pushed, but he was often compelled when he was pulled. When he, when he was compelled by a heartstring, you could move Jesus, but you couldn't push him. And, and so Jesus is on the way to minister to Jairus. And maybe they had a two or three minute conversation. Maybe they had a half hour conversation. Maybe they talked for an hour before all of a sudden the crowd started gathering around it, started to slow the progress of Jesus. I want you to think for just a minute about Jairus for a minute because one of the things that challenged me when I looked at this story is there are times when Jesus is busy, and Jesus is busy. He was busy in his earthly ministry, and he's busy now. He was a man. He gets busy. There are times in the ministry of Jesus he is busy, and you may feel neglected. I want you to imagine how Jairus felt. He's on his way. He's compelling Jesus. And maybe he's even saying to Jesus, could you just walk a little faster, Jesus? She doesn't really have a cold. She'd been sick for a week. Could you just walk a little faster? And then all of a sudden the crowds start gathering around and all of a sudden Jesus is just slowing down a little bit. And, and all of a sudden this gigantic distraction was going to pop up in the way and Jesus was going to get busy. So I put a second definition of busyness on your outline because I want us to contrast these definitions of busyness. Busyness can also be defined as full of activity. That's a good kind of busyness. 
that activity that can be full of meaning and joy. That which you do, that which you devote to God, that which God has gifted you to do, that which God has called you to do, that's what, that which God empowered you to do, that, that causes you to be busy, but that's the right kind of busy because you're, la- you're offering your life to people. That's what Jesus did. Jesus was busy, what? About his father's business. Jesus wasn't sitting around eating bonbons waiting for people to come to him. Jesus was out doing ministry and he was on the way to do ministry with Jairus and he was getting busy, caught up in ministry. God calls us to work. Proverbs tells us not to be lazy. We are designed to find fulfillment in a job well done. But it's when our identity is in being busy that we start on a dangerous path. The busyness contest is a difficult one to climb out of. So there is a busyness that will cause you, if you're not careful, to get distracted. And before you know it, the holidays will pass by. Before you know it, your quiet time with the Lord will be gone. Before you know it, your time with your family will be gone. And that busyness will just begin to rob you of life. And it will rob you of your devotion to God. I want to submit to you that when we're, doing the, when we're the right kind of busy, that is devotion to God. The right kind of busy is devotion to God. The wrong kind of busy is distraction from God. And we have to be able to discern the difference. So Jesus was on the way. A man's pouring his heart out to Jesus. And Jesus allows himself to be interrupted. I want you to imagine how you would have felt if you would have been Jairus. Because as the story goes on, and we're going to read some more of the story. But as the story goes on, Jesus allows himself to get busy doing something else. He's planning to do something for Jairus. And he allows himself to get busy doing something else. So my second point is this. Discern the purpose of the distractions in order to seize divine appointments. So there's going to be distractions that come. And they're oftentimes, or opportunities that come, and they're oftentimes concealed by inconvenience. I do not have time to do such and such. I do not have time to do this today. And there's this giant inconvenience. Have you ever had a time in your life when you've been inconvenienced and at the end of the day you called it a blessing? Something happened and you got inconvenienced. Your day got interrupted. Something happened and all of a sudden, at the end of the day, you look back and you said, wow, thank you, Lord, that that happened. Anybody ever have that happen to you? I think that's what we see happening in this story. So we have to discern the purpose of distractions. What if distractions come in our lives? What if from time to time the distractions come because God wants us to choose the right kind of busyness? The one that will lead us to devotion to him and his purposes. Or the dangerous one that leads us to distractions. Yeah, I haven't seen you in church in a long... Yeah, you know, I've just been busy, Pastor. Just got so much going on. Just been busy. It isn't... Listen, it isn't about church. Yeah, I, I don't know that God's taking church attendance. It's about your devotion to the Lord. It's about our walk with the Lord. It's, it's not this religious exercise. But if we're not careful, we get caught up in that. So here's what the Bible goes on to say, continuing in that story. Jesus went with him, that meaning Jairus, and all the people followed, crowding around. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many, she had suffered a great deal from many doctors over the years, and she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had not gotten better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. 
For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my robe? So all of a sudden, Jesus is on the way. I want you to just imagine, Jesus is on the way. Woman comes up, the crowds are around, everything slows down, progress slows down. Woman comes up, touches him, subject to bleeding for 12 years, and all of a sudden, he's interrupted and he's going to stop and now he's going to teach. He's going to teach his disciples. Because the disciples said, who crowded, you, who crowded around you? Well, Jesus, a lot of people touching you. And Jesus stops. He pauses. He gets busy doing something else. He was on his way to do something for Jairus, and he allowed himself to get interrupted. Right? He allowed himself to get interrupted. Goes on to say, his disciples said to him, look, the crowds are pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and told him what she had done. And he replied to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. So in this case, I want you to think about this. In this case, Jesus was distracted from his first intention to go with Jairus. And as a result, a woman was healed but Jairus' daughter died. As we read on in the story, we're going to find out that Jesus continued to go on with Jairus. But I wonder what it must have been like in those moments for Jairus when Jesus got busy doing something else. I mean, let's, let's think about that in real time. If you're Jairus and you're saying to Jesus and you've devoted your life to temple work, maybe you've devoted your life for decades to following the Lord and serving the Lord. And you've been serving the Lord for years. And you've asked something of the Lord. Lord, would you intervene in my family? Lord, would you do something? And, and, and the Lord seems to respond. And then all of a sudden, you, you feel like you're going, and the Lord gets busy. The Lord gets busy. And as a result of the Lord getting busy, he blesses someone else. But I, but I want you to imagine, Jairus didn't know. We know the end of the story. We know the end of the story is that Jairus' daughter gets raised from the dead. But what must it have been like in those moments when he's wrestling with feeling, God, you, you abandoned me. God, you neglected me. God, you just, what, what's going on here? And, and the challenge that that must have been, the challenge that must have been for Jairus, so let me give you point number three. Discernment, the definition on your outline. Discernment is the ability to detect or recognize, perceive beyond what is said or seen. It is the ability to read between the lines. Jesus has the ability to read between the lines. And Jesus is going along with Jairus, and all of a sudden a woman comes up, and Jesus stops, and he gets busy doing something else. And really it's going to be his devotion to the will of God. But Jairus in the moment is going to feel many, many things. We are wondering what Jairus felt. Maybe Jairus was in the background praising God. Maybe he was saying, yes, there's another healing. Yes, there's another miracle. Or maybe Jairus was saying, I can't believe, Lord, that you did that. But in this story, the Lord is allowing us to see that he's on an assignment, on a mission to do one thing, and he allows himself to be distracted. Distracted. The Lord himself allows himself to be distracted. That, that's a challenging thought because I wonder how often we feel like the Lord has forgotten about us. 
wonder how often we feel like, Lord, we've been asking, we've been praying, and, and Lord, it seemed like, and now all of a sudden, it seems like you're not there. It seems like you're doing something else. So I wrote this for your third fill-in, third point. And I think this is true of Jesus. I think it's still true of Jesus today. Jesus prioritized busyness to teach people to trust him. It was not neglect. Jesus prioritized his busyness. If he prioritized his busyness when he was a human, when he was a a man, when he was on planet Earth, if he prioritized his busyness then, do you think he prioritizes it today? He prioritizes it today. In other words, there are times that we think that we think something should happen now, that we think God should respond now to what we're asking. And all of a sudden, God gets busy doing something else. Those are challenging things to have to live through and work through, and it's easy to feel like we're being neglected. And, And yet, in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of this, we see Jesus getting involved in a busyness that is his Father's business. It's the right kind of busyness. And, and I think as I was reading through this, the challenge for me was that as I'm thinking about my devotion to God and the distractions and the thing that is going to come between those two and cause me to go one way or another is the busyness. The right kind of busyness is going to push me towards my devotion to God. The wrong kind of busyness is going to distract me from the things of God. So the story goes on to say this. <clears throat> While he was still speaking to her, that's Jesus to the woman, Messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. You know, when you've read a story 50 or 100 times in the Bible, it might not have the same zing that it had when you read it the first time. It goes on to say, there's no use troubling the teacher now. wonder what Jairus' thoughts were when he heard, your daughter's dead. Did, did, did he live a mile away? Was he 100 yards from his house? Was he two hours from his house? Was he two weeks from his house? We don't know. We don't know the proximity. We don't know that as Jesus was getting closer, Jairus was thinking, she's only got hours to live. She's only got moments to live. And, and Jesus, you're slowing down. You're slowing down and you seem to be doing something else. But yet, God was going to do something that Jairus didn't see. And he was going to allow the right kind of busyness to slow him down long enough so he could, see some, he could do something for Jairus that Jairus didn't anticipate. And I think there's times in our lives when, when the, the Lord is moving in our lives and he's, and he's challenging us to respond the right way to him. And, and so how did Jairus respond? We don't know. I think it's pro- we're, it's, there's probably a reason that we don't know how Jairus responded. Bible doesn't tell us. Was he mad? Did he say, here's my card, turning in my synagogue card, I'm done. I'm done. I'm no longer a synagogue worker. You know how many times we've been at the place in our lives where we've been so frustrated that we've just said, I'm done. I'm tired. I can't do it anymore. And maybe it's because the busyness of life has wore us thin. Or maybe Jairus was at a place where because... He wasn't distracted and he was fully devoted to God. That it didn't rattle him. The challenge for me when I read this story was I tried to put myself in Jairus' sandals. How would I feel? And how do I feel if I'm asking the Lord to respond to something that is a great need in my life? 
Lord, would you respond? This is a need in my life. This is something significant. And, and all of a sudden, it doesn't happen when I think it should happen. And when I look back and I think, Jesus, you got busy doing something for somebody else. And it's true, he did. He got busy doing something for somebody else. And, and so I was challenged with a couple things. I was challenged, first of all, with looking at my own life and saying, I've got to think about the things that I get busy with. I've got to think about the things that I challenge myself with. story goes on to say this. Jesus stopped the crowd, wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion, weeping, and wailing. He went inside and he asked, why all this commotion and this weeping? This child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him. Jesus allowed himself to get busy ministering to someone else who had a need for 12 years. It really challenged me. How did that woman feel after one year of feeling like nothing? Two years, three years, four years, five years, six years. Desperate, spending all of her money. 12 years. 12 years. Finally, her time came. How did she feel walking through that, wrestling through that? I think it's very similar to how we feel. Sometimes we feel like, God, I've been talking to you. I've been asking you to do something for 10 years. I've been asking for this same prayer request for 10 years. And then finally the time comes. Fact of the matter is, when we're walking with the Lord, sometimes it feels like our time has come, doesn't it? And then sometimes it feels like somebody else's time has come. And in that, in that, we have to challenge ourselves. We have to push ourselves towards devotion to God. And not allow the distractions or the things that the enemy would try to use to, to discourage us. Goes on to say, she's not dead. Says these words. Little girl, get up. The little girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And they told him, they told them to give her something to eat. So Jesus is prioritizing Something other than what Jairus expected him to prioritize. It seemed like neglect. But yet God was showing up to do something beyond what Jairus could comprehend. And I think there's times in our lives when we have to, we have to look at our lives and model our lives after Jesus. Jesus had so many demands on his life. And he chose very strategically what he was going to respond to and what he wasn't going to respond to. And there's a right kind of a busyness and there's a wrong kind of a busyness. And I've found myself, especially in the last two weeks, trying to challenge, and I said try, trying to challenge myself to not get distracted, but to stay devoted. And it's easy when you're the wrong kind of busy. When you're the wrong kind of busy, it's easy to get distracted. Let me give you point number four. We'll wrap this up. There is a busyness that leads to endless distraction. And there is a busyness that leads to life-giving discoveries. That's the difference between the two. There is a busyness that leads to endless distractions. We get so caught up in things that we get distracted doing this thing and then it moves us to this thing. Have you ever done that? Have you ever started a day and you started doing one thing and then you went down a little rabbit trail, you started doing something else and something else, something else, and before you know it, you never got to the thing you wanted to do because you ended up down there. Has that ever happened to you? Those are those endless distractions. The busyness, the wrong kind of busyness that leads us to endless distractions. But yet, here's a Bible story that tells us 
that God allowed himself to get busy taking care of somebody else's business at the expense of somebody. And until Jairus' daughter was healed, we, we don't know how long it was. We don't know if it was an hour or a day or a week or three days. We don't know how long that journey was from the time that that man said, don't bother the teacher anymore, your daughter's dead. We don't know. We don't know what Jairus had to wrestle through. But I think that one of the things that we have to guard against as believers is that when we get disappointed, we feel neglected. I don't think there's one of us in this room that would say, Lord, you've neglected me on purpose. But I think every single one of us in this room have from time to time allowed the thoughts to sneak in that make us feel like we've been neglected by the Lord. And when those times come and when that does happen, it will lead to more endless distractions. And what people do is they get the wrong kind of busy. They get the wrong kind of busy and they just start filling their life up with busy, busy, busy. And then they get distracted, get distracted, get distracted. They lose their devotion to God. I wonder what Jairus' relationship with the Lord was like after this happened. I wonder what his relationship was like. I mean, he had seen what seemed to be some kind of a betrayal. I mean, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. If I come to him and I said, God, I, you know, and I, I don't, maybe I don't have to remind him, but you know, Lord, I've worked in your house for some 30 years now and never asked you for anything, but my daughter's dying. Could you come with me? Sure. And start on the way, and then all of a sudden Jesus lets himself get busy doing something else. I don't know how I would feel about that. Probably, if I'm honest with myself, I'd, I'd probably battle with it a little bit. She's not dying, Lord. Yeah, she's bleeding, but she's not dying. Could you come, could you come tend to my daughter and then come back? I, I mean, who knows what kind of thoughts would go, but, but endless distractions. I wonder how many people today are drifting from the Lord because of endless distractions because they felt neglected. They felt like God was just too busy for them. And yet on the other side of it, God has a miracle waiting. There was a miracle waiting for Jairus and his family. But he had to get through, Jairus had to get through watching Jesus allow himself to be intentionally busy with somebody else and something else. And I wonder if there's times in my life personally, in your life personally, where the Lord allows himself to get busy doing something else because he's got something greater for you. Jesus, Jairus just said, could you heal my daughter? Didn't even enter his mind, raise her from the dead. Could you heal my daughter? So I think there's a, there's, there's a lesson to be learned in that. And then there's that right kind of busyness that really leads to life-giving discoveries. Discoveries like God is faithful. A fully devoted life to the Lord always proves true that God is faithful. Can't we say, can we say amen to that? God is faithful. And, and there is a danger out there. There's a danger. When I say out there, I'm not saying lurking outside of these doors. I'm saying lurking past our eyes, right in front of us. There's a danger to get the wrong kind of busy. And Jesus, got, Jesus was intentional about the kind of busyness that he allowed himself to get into. How many times do you read in Scripture where Jesus said he wouldn't do it and he wouldn't go because he said he was about his father's business? And so he was very discretionary in where he would allow himself to get busy and where he wouldn't allow himself to get busy. So I wonder if you ever feel neglected by the Lord. 
wonder if, if, if sometimes it's hard. You feel neglected by the Lord and then you allow the distractions to come in. And it's easy to become discouraged, disillusioned, disappointed. Right? Have you ever been there before? And I think as we, as we look in the mirror and ask ourselves the right question, am I the right kind of busy, Lord? Am I the kind of busy that you would want me to be in this season of my life? Am I the kind of busy that you want me to be? Or am I on that trail? Am I on that treadmill that is the endless distractions of the wrong kind of busyness? You know, sometimes the wrong kind of busyness can be Christian things. Hello. It can be Christian things. You can be doing a lot of Christian things, and it's the wrong kind of busyness. The right kind of busyness. And we have to wrestle that out. And we have to look in the mirror, and we have to stop, and we have to pause. And it's not another 10 hours doing Christian ministry. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the right kind of busyness. The right kind of busyness points us to devotion to God and devotion to the things of God. Not distractions. So Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me all you who are weary. All you who are weary and who carry heavy burdens. And I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And then he said these words. Let me teach you. I love that. I love that. Let me teach you. Because I'm humble. And I'm gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. I love that Jesus could not get woken up in the boat. He was so tired. Because there's times I feel like that. I'm so tired I can't even get out of bed, right? And he was that tired because he was busy. But he was the right kind of busy. So he's saying here, let me teach you. Because I'm humble and I'm gentle in heart. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear and my burden that I give to you is light. So my challenge to myself and to you is that I think Jesus had to discern the right kind of busyness and he shows us in, his, in the word where he said yes and where he said no. And I think the same challenge exists for us today. I think we need to slow down, especially right now, especially this time of the year. We all tell ourselves we're going to slow down, don't we? Don't we all tell ourselves we're slowing down, we're slowing down, we're not going to so many parties we're not going to be so involved. We're not, going to be act, we're not going to be out five nights a week. We say it, we say it, we say it, and we don't do it. Rarely do we do it. Rarely do we do it. The right kind of busy. Let's stand up tonight. And as we're closing tonight, let me just ask you to consider the battle that is the reality of our lives. Technology has not created a way for the pace to slow. If anything, it's just created a way for us to try to get more done in less time. Right? That, that's what it's done. But it's not, created, it's not created the kind of space where we can truly devote ourselves to the purposes of God. We only have this lifetime to do it. We only have this lifetime to choose the right kind of busyness and the wrong kind of busyness. When we get to heaven, we're going to be busy. We're not going to be sitting around on a cloud with a harp. We're going to be busy because one day we're going to come back. We're going to be about our Father's business, but we're going to be doing the right kind of busy. Right now we get to choose. And we not only get to choose, we get to model it for other people. We get to model it for other people. If you're not resting, you're wrong. 
You're wrong. If you're not resting, you are wrong. You have to be resting. If you don't know how to slow down, ask somebody who cares about you. Where do I need to slow down? Time goes too fast and things are too precious and too important. Would you agree with that? And Jesus allowed this whole story to emerge. I always jumped from Jairus asked a question, focus on the woman with the issue of blood, dead. But, but he allowed that busyness to be sandwiched right between the ask of Jairus and the response of Jesus. The right kind of busy. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.